All right, everyone who listens, all four of you, according to my uh, stats, it's several different countries, but an estimated audience of four. So right now I'm speaking to at least four of you, if not if not fewer, in various countries. So anyway, so I had an idea about this. My ultimate objective for this uh, podcast was to make my ideas more easily digestible. I already wrote the book in such a manner that Yes, for people like me, you don't like to read their short, punchy stories. You're not connected. Uh, The podcast is just another version of that where you could digest it a different way. Uh, And so my ultimate object, my long term idea was to at first, like in 2013, I published the first book had like 20, 25 stories. Then I published a second book and then I ended up combining them both into the, the current form in 2016. So what I've accomplished so far with this podcast since it started is I've read the quote-unquote first book. So what I'm going to do today is kind of the idea that I had for the uh, third quote-unquote book, which would originally it was going to be volume one. because it was, I had a whole bunch of ideas. So anyway, so this is kind of a, a way to do that. So the way that I'm going to do it is I'm going to, and the timestamps will be in the descriptions if you just want to know about a specific story. Uh, I'll do that. But so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go story by story, what I've recorded, and kind of elaborate more on the descriptions. So I've heard from a couple of people that they don't really read the description. So it's kind of, it might make me feel better, I guess, but since you don't really know. And in future podcasts, at at the end of the story, I'm going to do the same thing and kind of tell the inspiration behind it, how I wrote it, and all that stuff like that. So if you were looking for a whole lot of ado, you'll be disappointed because there is no more ado. As of right now. Here we go. Okay, so this first story is uh, that it is called Help. And the basic premise of that is it came about because as I've, if you know anything about the podcast or have read anything about it or the bio or any of that nonsense, uh, that's the constant theme that I always hear. Oh, there's so much to help. There's so many people to help. You can help. And the blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, we're here to help you. And even my mother died. I was in middle school and they had me see a counselor. Then they gave me the number of this. This person's here to help. This person's here to help. Blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really want help. I really, And I didn't even know what that meant. Like, it's not that I I didn't want it. I mean, it's just, what, what do you mean help? What does that dictate? What does that in, entail? So I didn't really, I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was confusing and it kind of irritated me. But, so what I did is I took from that how it must feel to come home from being deployed or wherever and you're constantly bombarded we'll help you help you help you and like what that must feel like like people that are offering the help have no way to relate to you what you just experienced which is similar to how i feel about it a lot of what a lot of and that's not to indict anybody but a lot of the people that tell me i'm here to help i'm here to help i'm here you don't know what I've experienced. You don't know the degree of loss that I feel. And I'm just speaking for me personally. Like you don't know. You can. You have the luxury of saying. I'm not going to talk to my parents today. You, you have that luxury. You can determine whether or not you do that. I don't have that luxury. So you. You can. You, know, you, can, you just can't relate to me. There's only like a handful of people I know. That are truly my what I would call my peers that can understand what I'm talking about. And when, so if they were to say help then that offer help, then it'd be, I'd be more inclined to take it because I'd be more willing to 
I'd understand that they they know what they're what they're talking about, and they'd be more willing to help. So that's how that story came about. Hey, this second story is stop already. It starts off with talking about wanting sleep and needing sleep, and that's that came about uh, back in '06. Uh, my ex-wife had left; hadn't divorced her yet. Uh, that's where a lot of the stories come from is from that time period. And by that, I mean a lot of the feelings I've had and emotions and all that. And it was one of those that the army had, or not the army, the VA had decided to put me on antidepressants, which all that that did for me was make me operate on four hours of sleep, not consecutive sleep, four hours of sleep a night. And I was just wide awake and I, I could feel my inner tiredness. I was deep down. I was tired, but I could not sleep. I could not close my eyes. I couldn't take a nap. I used to be able to take a nap. I couldn't take a nap. It, it was just, it was terrible. It was an extremely uncomfortable experience. And their response was to just keep uh, jacking the, the dosage up, which of course didn't do anything, but that's, that was their solution. Uh, so yeah, that, that's where they kind of, kind of came from. I, it's I've never been one to have nightmares about certain people or situations. It's just kind of overall themes. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where that came from. This story, I'm right here, damn it. And it starts off, what's it like to have a flashback? This, I can, there's a handful of stories. Because, you know, with every fiction, there's a little bit of truth. Just like with jokes, there's a little bit of truth in every joke. This is one that I can absolutely say with certainty uh, came from a combination of that 80% my life, 20% my dad's. And by that I mean my experiences with, of having flashbacks and due to the stuff I experienced. Not war flashbacks, that's where my I kind of took borrowed from some of my dad's story uh, to fill in some of the gaps. Um, and then of course my, my own imagination is sprinkled in a little bit too, but, um, to kind of tie it all together. But the very first time I had one was, uh, it was at Fort Benning and we had barracks rooms with no doors. You just kind of walk in and I walked in and a smell hit me. And for, I don't know how long I, it may have been one or two seconds, may have been 30 seconds. I don't know. There's nobody else around. I walked in and the smell hit me, and the next thing I know, I'm my back is up against the wall and and I'm outside the room and I don't remember how I got there. I just remember I walked in, I looked around the room, the smell hit me. I thought I was look thought I was back in Hallettsville looking around the room in Hallettsville, and then I come to quote unquote and and I uh, I was back at Fort Benning. So I assume it was only two or three seconds. I honestly have no idea because nobody was there, but. That was the first time I ever experienced that, and uh, unfortunately, not the last. But uh, but and that's kind of where I was only like a year or so, probably less than a year removed from the situation in Hallettsville, and uh, so that was the first kind of. I didn't really put two and two together until many many years later. But I kind of as my first, I guess, experience, my first inkling of, hey, this is has affected you in quite a different way. Uh, the second time I had one, I was in Alaska in the barracks, in my own barracks room. And it happened twice in the same morning where I woke up and I thought I was back in Hallettsville. I thought I was, at this point I was 20, 21. 
or maybe I was 21, 22, something like that. But I woke up and I thought I was back in Hallettesville. And then I woke up for real and I realized where I was at and I was, it was okay. That happened like twice in one morning. Uh, and that was the third time I remember was, was it, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it a third time, but, but there was a third instance. Um, I mean, I did the, the closest thing. I mean, that's, it was a close kind of a flash close to one where I, in my dream, this was kind of scary when I was with my ex-wife at the time, I woke up, like in the dream, I was hurting my stepmother, like I was reaching over to grab her throat, and I woke up and I was reaching over to grab, you know, luckily my ex-wife was far enough away, I don't even think she woke up during it, but I was reaching over to grab her, and so I woke up in time to not hurt her or nothing, but but yeah, so that was was kind of scary with that, so luckily it... That was a once in a lifetime type thing. There's probably another instance I, I can't really remember, but uh, those are the ones that stick out of my head right now. The story of secrets. This is the one. Strictly, I didn't really draw inspiration from anything, and other than, uh, I think I read a statistic. There was like, and it may have been bullshit too. The uh, the like Civil War veterans, or, or there was some statistic in the Civil War or World War One or something where there's like a certain percentage of soldiers that never fired their rifle. Like they just, they didn't do it. They were too scared. They didn't want to kill anybody, shit like that. So that's kind of where that, that idea came from. It's like, I just kind of, kind of a takeoff from that. Like, I, I mean, of course you can imagine, I mean, I can imagine that's the whole purpose of this book and was written and all that, but it, like you're in that situation and you're just on, say you're online with a bunch of people. Nobody's really going to pay attention. Are you shooting your gun or you just keep loading and then loading and loading or, you know, nobody's, because everybody's so focused on what they're doing and the enemy, that nobody's paying attention to if you're actually shooting your gun, you know. So, um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where that, uh, that idea for that came from. Choo Choo. This story was inspired by, uh, in Driver's Ed, there was a train engineer or representative of the railroad who came by. And he told us a story about exactly what happened in the story. Uh, a guy was on a on a train, and there was a kid, a little kid on the track, or there was a car stalled on the track, and the little kid was like waving at him or some shit like that. And so I obviously took it off from that. I gave it a backstory, took off from that, and uh, led to the story that uh, took from there. Okay, so I like it. This story is about the guy that ends up killing the uh, the intruder to his family. And it was fucking crazy. I wrote this story years and years and years ago before I had a similar incident. And it's amazing the similar feelings. Like, I, I figured this is how I... When I wrote this story, I was like, this is how I would feel. This is how I think I would feel. And then when I had a... I didn't kill anybody, if that's what you... But I had a similar incident where I had to protect my family and those exact same emotions were there. I was just like, wow, that's exactly when I was reading the story, I was reading it again for the first time. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's, those are the thoughts. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it was. It's crazy. But, uh, it wasn't really inspired by anything. It's just, again, what I think I might get G Galley kind of sort of like the majority of these stories. I think I might feel. This story is never again. This was a tough one. Uh, 
this was before I had uh, my son. Um, this is before my son was even, at this point, my son, the concept of my son was a joke that me and my wife have. We used to have, it would be like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we had a kid? Ah, ha, ha, ha. This, this was that time period. So writing about the loss of a child was uh, obviously an abstract idea. But uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, and hopefully I never feel it. But I, I do know, due to the loss that I have had, that's that's where I'm talking about, like there's a finite amount of human experiences and this where that one came in. It's like I can imagine what it would feel like to lose them. And I just kind of dress it up in the circumstances and make it feel I've that is the one instance I can say I've never had anybody read that story and tell me how accurate it was or anything. Um, all my other stories, I have had war veterans read the stories and they say it's pretty accurate how I describe it and so on and so forth. But uh, that one particularly, I've not had anybody uh, read it and tell me that that's how it feels. So hopefully that'll stay in the fiction section. first time uh, this one is describing what it's like to be shot at um i have had i had a war veteran actually experience combat he read that story and he had to stop and he said he said are you sure that you've never been anywhere i said dude i wouldn't lie to you I, because i wouldn't i would never vain to to do that to take away somebody else's experience or he said are you sure i said i would never do that and i wouldn't so that to me was a pretty good compliment i felt like uh I've captured it pretty accurately because that's what I feel like. That's what I think it would feel like to be shot at. Like I've never been shot at. The closest I've been is in been in an area uh, where gunfire was at, like a you know gang shooting or something, but it wasn't aimed at me. Uh, there wasn't somebody actively trying to shoot me. Um, so that's that's where that kind of came from. It's I've never that I've luckily never experienced uh, where the uh, actual bullets were aimed in my direction, so, or if they were, maybe maybe they have been. There's such a bad shot, I had no fucking idea. Maybe they were shooting at me because I was a white guy in that part of town, and it was night. So maybe they were shooting at me. There's really bad shots, or maybe they're shooting in the air trying to pit. I don't fucking know. But as far as I know, that uh, was aimed at me. So this story is it's what this is ripped straight from my personal diary, journal, whatever. Um, from my father, back when my father was alive, I believe I wrote this shortly after he got a DUI or around the time or something, but it was, there's a lot of emotion in that one, a lot of just fucking anger. And that's exactly, I'm not going to spoil the ending if you hadn't heard of it by now, but yeah, it, uh, it's exactly, it, that's another one that panned out to be exactly, cause I wrote it, um, I wrote that story before he died, a couple about a year, year and a half before he died, and that's exactly how it felt. Everything I wrote about, that's exactly how it felt. Uh, it came to fruition. So, that's the one with that one. This story, uh, I'll, I'll stop smacking. I know that's irritating to hear that shit. I'm sorry. Um, this story is called Thank You, and it's got a blank space. Um, this one was... Again, just putting myself in the shoes of somebody else. One of the stories I kind of took from my neighbor back when I was first moved into our house. And the neighbor was apparently went crazy. He was a Vietnam vet, went crazy, was up in the trees shooting at some propane tanks or something. And the cops were going to take him out. And then my dad went out there and 
was able to talk him down so he didn't get killed. Uh, so that's kind of where that came from. Uh, kind of that general idea. Uh, so it's just general experiences. A lot of what I take from from my dad's experience is just what I observed. Stuff he didn't say, stuff he said, stuff I feel like I would say. I would experience that kind of thing. That's, that's where a lot of that came from. Look away. This was one of my one of my favorites. I actually like this one. Uh, that's what I imagine. Strictly imagine what I imagine it would be like to be a crime scene photographer. Like strictly off the top of my head. Uh, exactly. That's it. I mean, that's exactly what it would what I would think about is what I feel like it would be like. The experiences you'd have. The you try to do your best, but then yeah, you know that kind of thing. So that's that's where that came from. This story is Kaboom. This was inspired by a dream I had. Um, the dream was exactly like I say in the in the in the story. We're uh, on patrol or running down the road. It's like I'm running down the road away from a child who's got a bomb, and the child's running to us. And of course, we outrun him and stuff. So that's that's kind of was, the dream was, of course, just a snippet. I wrote everything else around the dream, but that's that's where that came from. Uh, and then of course I'll throw in some names and stuff like that just to kind of clean it up. But that's, uh, that's where that came from. It was one of those inspired by a dream. A lot of these stories are inspired by dreams and I just, I get lucky and I'm able to, to write from there. Clean. This one was strictly fiction. So you get to this story and you think I'm some fucking serial killer or some shit. I'm not. It's strictly 110% fiction. I had a neighbor read my book and stop talking to me after, I'm assuming, getting to this story. Uh, so just keep that in mind. This story is 100% fiction. I'm not a serial killer. I'm not schizophrenic. Uh, it's just a fucking story. Uh, this one was about the... Now, the reason I got this, because at the time I was working for AT&T, so I would get let into people's houses all the time. they just let me in and just let me run loose. And so I had free rent of the house to do whatever, and I thought about what it would be like to incorporate some crazy ass schizophrenic shit and then some guy that that um knows what he's doing with that so that's where i'll go with that that's no more no less not going any further into it that's just that was the inspiration for that story strictly fiction i'll say it again fiction i'm out of here this particular story I don't know why this was story. It's just it wasn't really inspired by anything. It just it's kind of one of those. You know, I used to get on my writing kicks. I would just I'd get an idea and I would just write it down and that was it. It just kind of floated away. I don't really know where it came from. I wasn't particularly inspired by anything. It's just one of those things. I'm like, oh okay, I'll, just, I'll write this down. And that's where I kind of that's a lot of it. Where I got a lot of the stories. It's just uh, I don't know. I wish I had a better idea where they came. The stories came from, but sometimes they just come to me. EM question mark. One of my favorites. I actually had an... Every time I get an EMT, I'll get them to read the story. They seem to like it. This story was inspired by my... The year before my father died, he was in a nursing home briefly, in and out. And I was leaving the nursing home and an EMT or ambulance driver whatever was walking in. And I saw them. I thought to myself, I wonder what that's like. So I went home and wrote a story. And that story was this story. And... What I've come to learn is a lot of 
the as spending time in the nursing home, there's a lot of EMTs there. And so I, that's where I got the line. I mainly give old people a ride to the hospital because that's what I saw a lot of. They were just back and forth and back and forth and da, 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 da. And they're just, yeah, they got the lights and sirens on, but I mean, they're already dead. So that's where a lot of that, uh, a lot of that story came from. Not really much of anything with that. Unfinished. Uh, this story was, again, nothing really inspired by anything. It was more just what I think it would be like to be in a situation like that where you're having conversations and the suddenness of it. Uh, you'd see it depicted in a movie sometimes. I don't know how, I have no idea how accurate it is. No one's ever told me and that's bullshit or whatever. So if you are a combat or war vet and this is an accurate story, let me know or tell me to fuck myself, whatever it is. Whatever you feel like, uh, feel like you need to do. But, uh, yeah. What is it? This one is one of those rare stories that is autobiographical. I always tell people the stories are autobiographical. There's a handful of them. You have to know which ones are which. This is one of them. This is... I am divorced, unfortunately. It sucks. I don't recommend it for anybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sucked. But what are you going to do? I mean, that's life. you gotta, got to go on with it, and it sucks. But... As far as I know, she's all right. I'm all right. Everybody's good. Heartbeat. This one is funny. And it's funny because <laughs> uh, it was written a solid two, maybe three years before my wife got pregnant. Uh, and so, yeah. As in the story, it turned out okay with me, too. We didn't... I didn't, we didn't go to get the, the baby aborted. It just, the story worked out that way. Um, so that was pretty funny. It's, I laugh because it's just, it's so crazy. I feel like I always joke about that we tease the universe because we did. And that's how, why we ended up with a baby. But this is, that's one of the stories I feel like tease the universe is because we, uh, we did shit like that. So, but it has a happy ending. It's one of the rare stories I have that has a happy ending. So if you like it, Enjoy it, because it's uh, not a lot of them do. Wasted Life. This one is my wife's favorite. I had the ending to the story in my head for three years. And I mean a solid three years. I could not flesh it out. It took me three years to flesh out the ending. and it's Or flesh out the rest of the story. I had the ending in my head forever. I had that ending, that ending line. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but I had that ending line, that ending last, let's see me count one, that last four or five sentences, maybe last seven sentences, last paragraph, I guess you'd call it. I had that in my head for three years. It just sat there and rattled around, rattled around. I could not flush it out. I couldn't coherently flush it out in such a way that made it, that made it good. And finally I got it up and I got it out. I got it fleshed out. It's one of the longer stories. It's four or five pages in the book. Um, it is one of my, I do like it. It's one of my, one of my favorites. I feel like I did a good job with it, but, uh, yeah, that's one of those stories. I have two such stories that rattled around in my head for three years. That was one of them. So I hope you enjoy that story. If not, why the hell are you listening to anything I'm saying? If you don't like that story, cause it's indicative of how I write. Back when this is about a blind guy, he, uh, Again, not inspired by anything. I just 
thought it up, wrote it, thought, okay, that's pretty interesting. I wonder what that would be like. So that's how I, that's how I operated with that. I thought it worked out pretty good. It's not my best. I got a lot of stories that are just not the best. And that's just a critique of myself, my myself and my abilities. I just I don't think it's the best story I've got. It's a good story. I don't think it's the best story. I think it's decent, but that's not one that I would uh, submit for awards or anything. Only this is another good story. I like this one. I draw from my own what I feel my what I feel my own personal experiences would be and my dad's experience. You know, he never really talked about it. Uh, talking about only kill bad guys. I mean, what else can you say? You know, and, and again, the same with the combat vet. If you feel that's a pretty accurate story, let me know. If not, well, I don't know what to tell you then. Maybe I'm full of shit and I need to quit writing. No, one, of the two, one of the two. One of those two stories. Is it pretty accurate or I have no idea? I don't know what to tell you. Bestest Daddy. This one was one of my early ones. Uh, again, this is... Probably the second story I ever wrote. Uh, one of the early ones about the the little girl who's got a father who's a war veteran. And this one specifically is drawn from my experiences with my dad growing up as a Vietnam vet. Uh, of course, I changed it because I was never a little girl, so I have no idea. I changed that up a little bit. I kept it as good, as, as simple as I could, just to try to keep it from the eyes of a child, not to go too far into it. My wife, when she read it for the first time, she's like, oh, I feel so bad for the little girl. I'm like, there is no little girl. I literally thought her up. It, it, she, there's no, just, whatever. So I, I guess I did good with that. If she's convinced she feels bad for a fictional character, uh, I mean, I guess I did a good job. Too late. This one is a good one because it was the first one I wrote. The absolute very first one. It This is the one that back in 2010, 2011, I was trying to write comedy, a comedy blog, and I was terrible at it. And the reason that came about is because I had come to a crossroads in 2009. I could either pursue the life of my family with my wife and, and the step people or I could pursue the career in comedy. I didn't feel like I could do both. So I chose the family, obviously, and let me hear. Uh, and this, and so this idea kicked around in my head for about six months. I, I ignored it. I wouldn't let, I would not write it. It was just like, go away, go away. Just, just stop it, go away. It wouldn't go away. So finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to unleash the dam on my creativity. I'm not going to try to, st I'm going to let it go where it wants to go. And if it flies, it flies. And this is what came out. Uh, so, yeah. Guy kills himself by rolling his wheelchair off a cliff. So, very thoughtful, very uh, uplifting story. That was the very first one. So, that's that. Not today. This one, it's another one I wasn't inspired by anything. I just, I feel like, again, what I would think, what how I think I would feel, the experiences I think I would, the thoughts I feel like I would have, that kind of thing. And then the ending is, you know, kind of tragic, kind of leaves it open. For, I'd like, you'll notice if you continue on with these stories, a lot of what I do, uh, a lot of the stories I end in certain, really am, ambiguous because ambiguity. Well, really, I mean, truthfully, it's because I don't like to read. So that's why these stories are so short and they end, so they end like that. But 
anyway, people, so that is up to date. That is the the backstory behind all of these stories. Again, uh, if you read heard the intro or have heard anything about it, uh, I there's a finite amount of human emotions I've experienced, as far as I can tell, the be- the most of them. I'm empathetic to the point I can put myself in somebody else's shoes, and that's what I do. That's why you, like, if you buy the book and the tagline is, you, can you ever, you ever ever said, I can't imagine? Well, I can, and that's what I do. I That's my hobby. And it was, at least. Now I'm into woodworking, but at the time I got, uh, I was writing, so I had, of course, aspirations of being famous and all that shit, but then that's just, you know, it's, I got it out of my head, It's uh, so it is what it is, but... But, uh, so again, all these stories are fiction. If they were true, I'll tell you they're true. The ones coming up, I got, this is about halfway, the halfway point, a bunch of other stories I got to read, and I'm going to try to get back on the schedule of once a week. Uh, so these, my estimated audience of four will be satiated. I want to expand my country list. I think Thailand has jumped on, so I got less than 1% in Thailand, but that's okay. Uh, the majority of people reading or listening to the, to the podcasts are, uh, female, so I think I got like one or maybe two males, uh, but I, don't, I ain't complaining. So, um, so other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's look forward to that. And if you know me in real life, and uh, never mention this to me again, out of awkwardness. And if you don't know me in real life, uh, send an email uh, chastising me, or uh, I guess you could give praise if you wanted to. But uh, I don't know. Nobody's gonna listen anyway, so I'll end it here.